Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod and our What Happened episode with the Inquisitors. This is uh, this is going to be an interesting one because the Inquisitors have been uh, the minor villains of the story in multiple comic books, shows, various other means. We're going to run through exactly what the Inquisitorious is, summarizing the story of that branch of the Empire, the Jedi Hunters, if you will. And it gets us all prepared for Obi-Wan Kenobi right around the corner, which is going to feature a couple of them in that show as well. Blake is joining us on the show today to chat all about all this stuff. So let's get into it. landing. Alright, Blake, welcome back to What Happens on Star Wars Escape Pod. Oh man, and we're opening up with some funeral music. <laughs> this is the Inquisitor theme from Star Wars Rebels. Those of you who have seen Star Wars Rebels will uh, recognize the theme that played every time the Grand Inquisitor showed up on screen, uh, which we will soon again with Obi-Wan Kenobi later this month. How excited are you for that? I'm very excited. I hope they stop pushing it back to release date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's committed. I think it's committed for the end of May. So uh, one more thing to celebrate in the month of May, as we were talking about last week on uh, our May the 4th special. The Star Wars calendar month of May. Pretty crazy. All the uh, anniversaries uh, going on. This week is 20th anniversary for Attack of the Clones. So, pretty nuts. And um, I feel like over the next 10 years or so, I think every single day of the month of May is going to be some sort of Star Wars anniversary. Star Wars will claim the month of May. Oh, yeah. It'll be, uh, it'll be May Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars, the month Star of May. May. Star May. May Wars. Yeah, there's got to be something. This, it'll be, it'll just graduate from Star Wars Day to Star Wars Month. That's what's gonna happen. I think it'll be, and then eventually it'll. When you look at the calendar, it'll be, you know, uh, January, February, March, April. Star Wars. Mm. June. Yeah. <laughs> Just be straight up replace it. Then the general the general public will be celebrating Star Wars the way we do, just every day, surrounded by Star Wars stuff all the time. <laughs> I think the whole the whole month becomes a stat holiday where you have to watch a Star Wars related show or, or film, some sort of content every day of the month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, we had a good time last week with uh, with Phil and Reed uh, talking uh, on on our Star Wars Day uh, special. We had a, we had a good time. 
Uh, digging deep into Dash Rendar. Yeah, digging deep into Dash Rendar, taking a look at the history of Star Wars Day, and um, and we had that uh, some exclusive news given to us by Orbit Key and uh, announced a, a bunch of a bunch of deals going on. And uh, we had, I don't know, we had, we had a good laugh. We had a good laugh or two. Uh, George Lucas's cool. Even, son yeah. showing up as a guest at Celebration. <laughs> All that stuff. That's funny. Yeah. The kid Pretty killed cool. in front of and Dale Organa so funny that he shows up there i mean honestly even if he wasn't in the in the films he just showed up as george lucas's son i feel like he would still get like a panel and stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah totally um, Maybe just asking questions about his dad yeah 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 exactly so uh the inquisitorious um i feel like i feel like the inquisitors are 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 very much this mysterious thing that that a lot of people might know pieces and bits about uh, the general public might actually know them as just Jedi hunters that have shown up in the past. We've seen them through Star Wars Rebels. We've seen hints of that plot line, uh, like seeds planted by Palpatine in the Clone Wars. We've seen uh, we've seen them shown up in numerous amounts of Star Wars uh, Darth Vader comic books. Uh, anyone who played Jedi Fallen Order will know that they're uh, out there running around hunting Jedi. Uh, anyone who's seen the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailers and... Um, Am I leaving anything out? The Ahsoka novel. Yes, the Ahsoka novel. That's right. That's right. What's funny is the Inquisitors now have been al- around for, man, what is it, like five years? Like, when did Rebel Season 1 come out? Yeah, that's a, I think it was 2015, I want to say. Seven years. Yeah, it's been a while. And yet, to me, they still feel a little bit awkward in the canon. Yeah, they still feel fresh. You know, it's almost like yeah. uh, they were hot off the oven. <laughs> you know, hot but, out of the oven at a Lucasfilm press. Yeah. It also just feels like they were just something that they just kind of grasped for to fill this void. Yeah. They didn't, because honestly, what I think happened was the original EU canon was Darth Vader was the sole person who hunted down all the remaining Jedi. And that was his task, his original task by Emperor Palpatine, his Mm -hmm. first mission. And there's lots of books and the games and stuff that are based around that. That's kind of where I I think uh, Force Unleashed, like that's what that's kind of based in. Well, what happened was when they created the Star Wars Rebels, they didn't. I think Dave Filoni even speaks to this. They didn't want to turn Darth Vader into the same problem that they had with General Grievous, where he became this this monster of the week that got foiled constantly. Right, mm-hmm. his, his plans are always undermined by this ragtag group or whatever. And they didn't want to do that with Vader because he's such an iconic character. And so they came up with the Inquisitors as like a, a lower tier to Darth Vader. So if they fail, it's not that big of a deal. They have a basically a, a throwaway character that people won't get upset by, right? Right. Exactly. So to me they've always felt like this band-aid fix. Whereas I felt like Vader should have been the one who just did it all himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that would have drastically changed the the plot line and the outcomes of a lot of the episodes in Star Wars Rebels. Um making a a competent group of protagonists who always have to be the heroes of the day and win the fight <laughs> um yeah exactly realistically but the whole point I mean, of Darth Vader doing that is those right whoever he's bad. against doesn't yeah. win exactly they, they lose constantly because it's Vader exactly exactly um 
it's funny how they worked that out in, in, in Rebels. Rebels was, was quite the challenge if you think about, you know, that exact issue. Uh, was was a, I mean I don't even know where to start like there's nothing on the top of my head that that I would know exactly what to do in that scenario uh, I think Jedi Hunters is is probably a big crutch that a lot of us would have leaned on because it, even the EU like you said like it, it did do that partially with Galen Merrick and uh, I feel like there were there were other forms of Jedi Hunters out there but Vader was kind of the primary one with the story that that he was yeah. the guy well, who did it again. Palpatine didn't know about Galen Merrick. It was Vader's task to get rid of all the Jedi, mm-hmm. remaining Jedi, and he had a secret apprentice which he used to do that instead of doing it himself hands-on. But right. the, from the Emperor's perspective, as far as he knew, Vader was doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Emperor didn't know about... The, the, yeah, that's why he was called the secret apprentice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hunting down Vader's enemies for him kind of thing. But uh, yeah, it was... Um, it was a cool storyline. I feel like it stuck with a lot of people, and je- the, the idea of Jedi hunters has just always been uh, been a thing. So in the canon, uh, the Inquisitors have have kind of been a dominant part of that story for seven years now, ever since season one of Rebels came out. And as time has gone by, it's been more curious and curiouser as to um, it's a bit weird because uh, when Disney kind of took over, did this whole canon shift. Um, a lot of the stories that we had in the EU between episode three and four were wiped clean, right? So there was all this time in between. And they started off doing Star Wars Rebels season one after the canceling of the Clone Wars. And um, right out of the gate, we get uh, the Grand Inquisitor as the primary villain of the story. And what Biggest I always. Mistake. Yes, uh, absolutely. And uh, I'm going to hit the spoiler button now because we're going into spoiler territory for the rest of the episode for all the things, all the pieces of content that I mentioned earlier. All right, so the Grand Inquisitor, um, they killed him off right away. In season one, at the very end of season one, he's dead. and So bizarre. It, it was so bizarre. I don't know why they did that. Like, yeah. It seems like it was just a massive misstep to just not start off with some random Inquisitor who then gets foiled, and then the Grand Inquisitor has to come in and figure out what happened. Right. So like, that's Because you move up the ladder. The problem is, because yeah. it's true you're about to get to, they killed off the, the the best Inquisitor, so then the rest of them are just scrubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's always been confusing to me too. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, a lot of people might be wondering what are the Inquisitors. So uh, ha- the way that I would describe them, they're not Sith at all. They're they're at best uh, dark Jedi who have uh, been trained in the ways of the dark side to specialize in killing uh, or apprehending Jedi. Uh, to then later turn to the dark side through methods of torture, but we haven't really seen that. We've mostly just seen Inquisitors as they are, used to be Jedi kind of thing. They already know the ways yeah. of the Force, but they weren't that great at being a Jedi, and then they were corrupted were by Palpatine any? or something. Were there any that weren't previously Jedi? Not that I know of. Um, I, I, I Because the Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith comic book, which really kicks off the introduction to... Uh, the Grand Inquisitor, as well as the other Inquisitors that start off in the program, uh, takes place only weeks after Anakin becomes Darth Vader. So uh, it's really, uh, uh, it's really like um, it sheds some light, I guess, shall we say, on Palpatine's preparation for this event, this turn of of the Republic into the Empire. He he was prepared not to just rely solely on Anakin 
and the clones to, to finish the job. He, he knew that he needed some backup. And uh, this is the plan. Galaxy is a big place. Exactly. And this is the backup plan kind of thing. So, so that's what's called the Inquisitorious. And uh, uh, all the, the Inquisitors that we know of uh, were, were nearly or previously Jedi. So let's run through the list of known Inquisitors. And then we'll kind of get into, um, we'll, we'll, I'll just summarize, uh, again, major spoilers. Uh, we're just going to summarize the list, um, run through exactly how they died and everything. And then we'll kind of go through uh, the summary of chronological events and um, and do it that way. Just so that, because there's a lot of confusing names and it could be hard to keep track. So that's what we're going to do, the express version. And then we'll kind of go into the details. So Darth Vader, he supervises the Inquisitors. He's kind of the head honcho behind the Emperor, of course, naturally being a Sith Lord. Grand, grand Inquisitor. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he's, he leads the uh, Grand Inquisitor, which is, which is the, uh, the guy we were just talking about. He's the Grand Inquisitor is the, the leader. Um, and uh, he, was, he, self, he killed himself um, out of fear of punishment from Darth Vader at the very end of Star Wars Rebels Season 1. So that was... Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, he was the leader of the Jedi Temple Guards. Yes, yeah, he was once a Jedi Temple Guard. And uh, the rumor is that he was at Ahsoka's trial. Or sorry, Barriss's trial. Uh, mm, Barriss slash Ahsoka, yeah. Where, where he heard Barriss's claim as to why she bombed the temple. And um, the rumor is that he was one of the temple guards that was in there and heard her explanation for her act and uh, then fell into line with Palpatine and got corrupted. So uh, that's the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, then uh, we start getting into the whole number system. And the number system is a, a little confusing because they kind of, they're kind of nameless at that point. They, they ditch their name behind and uh, um, really take on this identity of being um, what they are as, as an Inquisitor, as a Jedi hunter. So numbers two through 10, uh, number one, I'm assuming is just the grand Inquisitor, the leader of the, the bunch. Uh, number two, uh, so, uh, number two through 10, the second sister also na named, uh, previously Trilla, um, killed by Vader after being bested in combat by Cal Kestis on Nur. Uh, then we have the third sister. Her name is Riva. And she will be uh, a new character to the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. Uh, then we have the fourth sister, uh, also supposed to make an appearance in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, she had a mystery death, and later on in the IDW comics, uh, a rebel spy uh, used her costume or her suit to infiltrate Vader's castle, claiming that she was the fourth sister before doing what she was, she was there to do. Um, the fifth brother should also show up in Obi-Wan Kenobi. He was also in Star Wars Rebels and various other things. He was killed by Maul on Malachor in Season 2, the finale of Star Wars Rebels. The sixth brother was killed by Ahsoka on Rayada or, or Rada uh, in the Ahsoka novel. The seventh sister killed by Maul again on Malachor. Um, the eighth brother killed by Kanan indirectly after he sa uh, uh, sliced the eighth brother's lightsaber and he uh, tries to helicopter saber away and then it blows up in his hand and he falls and plummets to his death. Um, chronologically, yeah, well, it's such a simple simpleton way to die and chronologically he's actually the last one to go. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me, it's almost like 
Boba Fett being the the best bounty hunter in the galaxy, and then he dies by his jetpack malfunction. <laughs> exactly. That's that's exactly what it is. Uh, then we have the ninth sister who is killed by Cal Kestis. I believe that was on Kashyyyk, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was. Okay. Yep. Uh, on top of the the life tree, the world tree. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, the tenth brother, which is the last in the the the, the named ones, uh, killed by an order 66 activation this is very early on in uh the events of the inquisitorious becoming a thing they uh, go to hunt down a jedi who's uh, not necessarily uh gone gone well evil but he's kind of gone dark and uh he actually knows about the order 66 principle programmed into the clones and at that time the stormtroopers are also still clones and uh, so are uh, some of the purge troopers and such that help the inquisitors hunt down jedi he actually knows about this order 66 and he is the second person to use it and he uses it he says execute order 66 in the room with the inquisitors there who have him cornered against a wall and the troopers behind them or whatever actually activate and start shooting at all of them including the jedi and the inquisitors which is a pretty crazy moment. And um, the 10th brother gets killed in that process. Um, numbers 11 through 13, there's a few more Inquisitors which are worth mentioning. Three more, in fact. There's two that show up in the Darth Vader comics which are swiftly killed off by Vader himself uh, for their betrayal, um, which is an unidentified Twi'lek and a red-skinned woman. Um, the final Inquisitor is technically not canon because she was written for the... Um, written for the uh, expansion for Forces and Destiny, the RPG uh, book by Fantasy Flight Games. And uh, those are the stories in those games are not really canon, but they're kind of designed around the canon. Uh, the expansion is called Ghost of Dathomir. She never had a name, but she was uh, an Inquisitor that was murdered by an apprentice that she took on, Dathomir, who, who was, uh, in fact, a Night Sister witch. And she uh, decided, uh, uh, I guess, to kill the inquisitor that decided that she was going to be her master so yeah probably not worth a huge mention other than that but because she's an inquisitor and because it was designed around the canon i figured might as well throw it out there and that's theoretically numbers 11 through 13 but uh again not super important because we don't see them more than those those mentions um so uh there's a little quote here i thought was was pretty cool uh, in the darth vader comic uh, Darth Sidious says to Vader, uh, the Inquisitorious, a project of mine, long planned, slaves to the light side once, now awake, hunters, one and all. And then Vader asks, what do they hunt? And Sidious says, why, Jedi, of course. So that's, that's a little outtake from the Darth Vader Dark Lord of the Sith comic books. Uh, which is highly recommended. It's it's a it's a great one to read, especially going into Kenobi. Um, so Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Let's kick things off with the details here. Start from the beginning chronologically. Uh, what do you remember about the Children of the Force arc? Cad Bane stealing the Kyber crystal, the holocron, the kids. Do you remember much about that? I do. I believe this was the introduction of Cad Bane, was it not? Yes, um, I believe it was, yeah. Uh, so Cad Bane was tasked by Sidious uh, mm -hmm. to 
steal the temple. Yeah, to steal a Jedi holocron, and then he was later tasked to steal a Kyber crystal, which had the names of Force sensitive children around the galaxy inscribed on the crystal. Um, Let me ask you this: Is this holocron the same, or somehow related to the to the exact same holocron that we find in Jedi Fallen Order? Mm, you know what? I, I don't think it's the same one, but I, I know that ran through my head as well. And I kind of self-determined that it wasn't. But So maybe a, the Jedi found a holocron by the same creators that we meet in that game. Mm-hmm. There's a possibility it could be the same one, but I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like that holocron might... It, um, I'm going to have to take another look at when those events <laughs> take place, but... I feel like this breaks the canon of the game. No, I think about it because the the game story. Sorry, this is such a tangent. I'm actually curious about this. Yeah, yeah. In the game story, there's the Jedi archaeologist, and he's trying to break into the tomb, which then finds this holocron. And if they're doing that, then obviously they didn't have that holocron. But that holocron does the exact same thing as the holocron mm-hmm. that Cad Bane is trying to steal. Yeah. So uh, eventually the holocron itself is uh recovered i believe in the clone wars arc but uh it, so i don't know maybe maybe it's the same one i don't think it could be because then why would they be trying to break into the vault which contains it right yeah exactly and you have to use all this ancient history to get there including going to dathomir so that doesn't make sense right yeah so i don't know it could it could in fact be the same one yeah um at some point in the in the arc uh cad bane takes ahsoka hostage and forces anakin to insert the kyber crystal into the holocron to be able to read the the data so he later he gets away of course uh ahsoka's fine uh gives the list to palpatine and then palpatine gives him names of children around the galaxy to then kidnap and take to a laboratory that he has on mustafar which is later then thwarted the plan is thwarted by uh anakin and ahsoka of course and the whole laboratory gets sinking into lava and the kids are fine and everyone's returned back to their families and all that stuff um but it's really just a tribute to um to the plot that palpatine had this vision of i i want force users working under my control and the idea with the kids was that they were going to do some sort of surgical thing to probably something similar to the clones actually and insert some sort of command chip in their brain mm-hmm. to, uh, and the, I know the droid doctors once said to him that they might sur- not survive the process. And, um, and then Palpatine has a very si- insidious thing that he, you know, retorts and like, oh, well, they're just Jedi children, you know, if, if I can't have my way with them, then they're better off dead kind of thing. Right. So, right. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was kind of the first, uh, the first <laughs> whisper of, yeah, that's pretty program. neat because this episode was years and years before the Inquis- mm-hmm. Inquisitors were invented. So it's neat how they yeah. took a snippet like this and then wove that into something. Exactly, exactly. Um, the Sith have always been somewhat lenient on having people work for them as assassins or uh, or acolytes, right? Um yeah, Asajj Ventress, for example. Yes, yeah, yeah. Asajj Ventress, uh, Sidious used her as a means to an end uh, and was, you know, basically confronted Dooku about letting her get too powerful before they decide to, to cap her off kind of thing. 
and that's where her story begins. But she's a great example of, of uh, not technically an inquisitor, but kind of the same idea, like used by the Sith Lords to get their way. She's very talented and skilled with the lightsaber and with the Force, and was previously a Jedi. So that she's a great inc- example of, of of basically what an Inquisitor is, and not a Sith Lord at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. I almost feel like Darth Maul is more of a Sith assassin than he is a Sith Lord, even though he has yeah. the title Darth. Yeah, he's had a very interesting storyline because um, because of the fact that he was used in that way, right? And and uh, I mean, Sith apprentices, in a sense, if they don't succeed in killing the master and take over, are just kind of they're all expendable to the master who had plans, oh, yeah. right? Uh, Dooku is the same way, and and uh, yeah, it, it's true. I mean, even Vader is a tool to get what Sidious wants, and he wants to replace Vader with Luke eventually. So, yeah, the Inquisitors, even though they don't have the status of Sith Lord, they're still a means to an end, like anything else, to the Sith Lords. Yeah. Um, what do you remember about uh, season four? I think it was the Clone Wars uh, with the General Pong Krell, uh, the Umbara arc. I think I remember that arc better than most because it's probably the, my favorite arc in the whole series. Yeah, yeah where you, you, you over the arc, spoilers, you find out Pong Kral has figured out that there's a Sith Lord controlling both sides of the war, and so he turns on the Clone Wars. And basically, he becomes a Dark Jedi himself and betrays the Order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he pits the clones against each other. They start, you know, he, he basically tries to sabotage the Republic's efforts on Umbara. And and a couple of clones end up um, basically. I, th- I think pulling a mutiny act against him because they know what they clue into what's going on, and it was a really really cool early kind of order order sixty six style moment, but in reverse because Cr- Pong Krell was actually the villain. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, but Pong Krell reveals that he he knows that the whole war is a sham, and he's. He essentially did it to impress Sidious, even though he doesn't know know who Sidious is yet. And he's hoping to, I guess, become apprentice. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, uh, it was, it was so cool hearing his little monologue actually, uh, before he dies. And, you know, if it's all right, maybe I'll just play the, the little clip here. Uh, we can take a listen as to what he says. So this is after the clones manage to capture Pong Krell and they keep him imprisoned uh, and they go to basically execute him in his cell. Why, General? Why kill your own men? <laughs> because I can. Because you fell for it. Because you're inferior. But you're a Jedi. How could you? A Jedi? <laughs> I am no longer naive enough to be a Jedi. A new power is rising. I've foreseen it. The Jedi are going to lose this war, and the Republic will be ripped apart from the inside. In its place is going to rise a new order, and I will rule as part of it. You're a separatist. I serve no one side, only my own. And soon, my new master. You're an agent of Dooku. Not yet, but when I get out of here, I will be. After I've succeeded in driving the Republic from Umbara, the Count will reward my actions and make me his new apprentice. How could you do this? You had my trust, my loyalty. 
I followed all of your orders. And you make me kill my brothers! <laughs> That's because you were the biggest fool of them all, Doctor. I counted on blind loyalty like yours to make my plan succeed. <laughs> that will never happen. You're a traitor, General. And you will be dealt with as one. You never learn, Captain. The Umbarans are going to retake this space, and when they do, I will be free. Okay, yeah, so that's uh, that's that's part of his little monologue there. They later came come back and execute him and stuff, which is pretty sweet. But it's, it's so interesting. I was slightly mistaken. So I thought he figured out Palpatine, but he actually thinks that Sidious is the is the mat like the current Sith Lord, Sith Master. Yeah. So so yeah. So he doesn't really name drop anyone, I guess. He just kind of except Dooku. Yeah. He he name drops Dooku when when Rex asks like you're an agent of Dooku, and I I think what he he knows that Dooku's a Sith Lord, so he says like not yet or whatever he says there. But yeah. Um, and he says he wants to become his new apprentice. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. He he. So he's on the the right mental track. To I feel like if if the plan is in place with Palpatine to have this Inquisitorius, this group of Jedi hunters. I feel like Pong Krell through the force knows what's about to happen, but doesn't have the details, but he knows that he's on yeah. the wrong side of the war for survival. Right? So what he does is he turns against the Republic to be what he thinks he needs to be for the events that are to come. And it basically screws him over and he ends up dying anyways. But um, but what was well, he so, got too arrogant? Yeah. What was so interesting though is that he he saw that moment coming that and knew that there would be a group of people that would have to help the Sith to to do what they got to do right and and he he foresaw his placement as an Inquisitor. So it's worth talking about Pong Krell because if things went his way, he could have in fact been an Inquisitor if uh, you know if things went went the way he expected. So very, uh, also a very like early sign of the war ending soon. And, uh, you know, him kind of picking up on things telepathically. So really neat. Also another seed for, yeah. Yeah. The Inquisitorius. I wonder if he was maybe one of the basis for the Inquisitors because they all ended up using a similar lightsaber to him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So all the Inquisitors tend to use the, uh, the double bladed lightsaber with the mechanical, circular circular joint wheel which spins it around really really fast they all have the same one general grievous style general grievous style yeah that's right um i don't know why they think it's effective <laughs> but it, it, it does allow them to in fact fly uh if they hold it above their head they can helicopter around all over the place and it's the stupidest thing i think we've all ever seen uh from agreed a, a but for the record story well, I think it was explained that they needed an excuse to why they could get across the map in a story fast enough. So that's what they did. Yeah. Uh, but Pablo was asked about this, how it functions. And so it's not actually the blade that gives them lift. Apparently, there is... What's the name of those things I had used in Star Wars? Like a pr 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 propulsion... Yeah, click on that exact name, but it, there's like anti-grav technology built into the saber, essentially. The, it's the same be, thing. Right. That might be why it's yeah, also it's a circle, I guess. Could be. But it's, that's why uh, it'd be the same tech that keeps like uh, speeders floating, for example. 
I mean, I can kind of see that. I mean, we, I know we've seen like little tiny probe droids and stuff that float around and we don't really question it. Yeah, like, even very small ones. Very like small palm ones. Palm-sized. Yeah, I know there's those little ones that float around in the Senate chamber, like the floating cameras and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so the tech does get quite small. But it's just, I think what's awkward when we look at it is, can something that small really levitate with a human being hanging off of it? Like, I don't know. I feel like our... our well, the, the droid that Obi-Wan grabbed onto and attacked on the clones. It was quite heavy. It was like, you know, it was bigger than a football. It was... It was that's true. It was like the size of your little carry-on suitcase or something. It was 10 years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah Microchips, so. the processors, they yeah. quadrupled in power. I guess so. I mean, it still looks it still looks awkward, and I still, I'm still not the biggest fan of it, but but uh, some people might like the idea of a helicopter lightsaber. I don't know. Um, the thing is, is like if they if they do have the technology in the hilt, why do they have to spin? <laughs> you know because if it's true that the for thing can just style for style yeah 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 it's like buzz lightyear we're falling <laughs> with style with style that's right <laughs> um so many inquisitors who joined initially once the turn of the empire slash republic came order 66 happened um initially were either corrupted by evil or tortured into joining most joining due to the corruption and Palpatine's lies, deception, convincing the galaxy that the Jedi were in fact villains of the war, uh, and misleading everyone, uh, including you know the senators and the Republic, all that stuff. Basically, uh, pinning the blame on the Jedi, and uh, much like he did with Anakin, he kind of groomed all these people to, to the the followers, the Inquisitors, uh, especially the Grand Inquisitor who was denied access to the Jedi archives by the librarian. And that was one of the, the hooks, I guess, that Palpatine kind of got in, got in his meat was, uh, I, I can give you access to this stuff, you know, and this is what, what's going to happen. So, um, you know, that plus possibly hearing what Barris had to say probably pushed him over the edge. So um, he was a Pawan, what's the species name? A pawn. It's the same species that we see on Utapau that Obi Wan talks mm. to, right? That's the grand. grand Powan, probably. Powan, yes, thank you. Uh, was once a Jedi Temple guard. He became the Grand. They're Inquisitor. also known as the corduroy-faced aliens. Yes, <laughs> he joined Sidious when the Sith Lord promised him access to the Jedi archives. Um, the ninth sister was a former Jedi Masana. Uh, former Jedi. Her name was Masana Tide. And the 10th brother was also a former Jedi master named uh, Proset Dibs, who joined Sidious at the end of the Clone Wars. The second sister was a former Jedi Padawan Trilla Siduri, who was captured shortly after Order 66 and tortured into joining the dark side. And uh, those are the kind of finer name details that we know on those guys. Um, Following the formation of the Empire, the Grand Inquisitor worked with Darth Vader on locating the Jedi Order's chief librarian, Jocasta Nu. During his research in the archives, the Grand Inquisitor, who held a personal dislike of Nu, um, because she had one day denied him the chance to learn from the archive secrets and all that stuff, um, he confronted Nu after he um, openly insulted... Sorry. Uh, she confronted... Yeah, he confronted Nu after he open, openly insulted the knowledge that he, he was reading. Um, and at first, the Grand Inquisitor planned to kill Nu, but when he defeated her in combat, he was prevented from killing her by Lord Vader. 
As Vader and the Grand Inquisitor argued, Nu was able to make her escape. However, Vader was able to pursue Nu and killed her himself without the Grand Inquisitor's help. Um, that was the initial introduction uh, between Vader and the Inquisitor, and Sidious at the time hadn't even told him that the Inquisitorius was a thing. And that's kind of their first initial introduction. And uh, then Vader was kind of let in on the... Uh, the plan for for this Inquisitorious program and gets introduced to a bunch of the other guys. Sometime later, the ninth sister, uh, the ninth sister, accompanied Vader to investigate reports of a possible Jedi in a cantina on uh, Kabaria. And about one year after the rise of the Empire, Palpatine suspected a Jedi of influence. Um, influencing the deteriorating negotiations on Moncala. There was some business going on on Moncala and uh, King Lee Char, who was, uh, who was at the time in the Clone Wars when we last saw him was a, a prince. Uh, he sent Vader and three Inquisitors to investigate this ordeal and uh, accompanied uh, by an elite squad of, of clone purge troopers. And they had a whole mission there that took place. The sixth brother discovered an experienced force user was hiding out on Habeska and the agricultural moon of Rada ever since Order 66. Uh, this Jedi turned out to be, in fact, Ahsoka Tano. And the events of this event, uh, I believe, was uh, two-ish years and a bit, maybe, um, after or Order 66 happens. So he hunts her down and confronts her. They have a fight. And she's able to identify his offensive fighting style, takes advantage of it, and uh, she reaches out to his lightsaber in the Force and is able to detonate it using the kyber crystals inside, which effectively kills the Sixth Brother. Um, Ahsoka takes his lightsaber crystals and uh, mm. floods the system with the rest of the citizens on Rada. And uh, shortly afterwards, the Grand Inquisitor arrived, unaware of Tano's identity, decided to hunt her down himself, but not before informing Vader about it. The lightsaber crystals that she stole from the Inquisitor's lightsaber that she ki uh, that she killed with effectively are the same ones that she purified in the Force and uh, uses them to make her white lightsaber blades that we see through Star Wars Rebels and The Mandalorian. Yeah, that's right. I remember that storyline. That's pretty neat. So she was originally fighting. She didn't have lightsabers at all then because she left them at the Jedi Temple. That actually, sort of. So if you remember the finale finale of the Clone Wars, we're talking about like the new Disney resurrected finale of season seven. Um, she buries her lightsabers with all of the clone helmets that she sets out on pikes in front of the crashed yeah. uh, Star Defender or Star Destroyer uh, in that snow planet. And That's right. Rex was and Vader there. finds them there. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, at the beginning of that arc... She's given her lightsabers back after leaving the Order. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so so she didn't have them for a while in the Clone Wars when she left the Order. And then Anakin gives them back to her with new blue crystals in them. And then at the very end of the series, she buries those lightsabers in the in the dirt um, along with all the clones' helmets. It was a very sad, emotional moment. But that was her basically saying goodbye to that phase of her life. And when the Inquisitor comes after her these years later... It, it kind of, it kind of sparks her into this, um, you know, she, she, she's, she has such an interesting story. We're going to have to do a, what happened on her as well. But, um, the fact that she takes the inquisitors red corrupted bleeding lightsaber crystals and purifies them in the forest and makes them white and whole again, 
was quite a, you know, powerful moment in the book. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so far, I think she's the only one to have done it. Uh, I know there's, there's a character in the high Republic that also has white lightsabers, but, um, she's the only one that we've seen on screen with that, uh, uh as an identity piece, you know, for her yeah. new, uh, her new position, you know, in life. Yeah. Not really. part of that, I think was to show that she's no longer part of the Jedi order. Yeah. She's still on the light side of the force. Exactly. Yeah. She's kind of elevated herself above the Jedi religion, but she's, she's kind of become something more kind of like something that Qui-Gon was elevating to as well. He was going beyond what the Jedi had, uh, all these, yeah, going beyond the dogma. Yeah. And, and kind of really just following the way of the force instead. Right. And that's kind of what Ahsoka's doing when she becomes who she is that we see her in rebels because, uh, she becomes this Gandalf character, right? And that's effectively what Dave wanted for her character. She goes through this mm-hmm. other, this post-Jedi journey, uh, shall we say, like a, kind of like a, a post-Balrog journey for, for Gandalf and comes back and is a, technically more of a, more or less a Gandalf the White sort of character where she's renewed and kind of wholesome in a different way. And the lightsabers reflect that identity. What's funny is she actually does that as well after her, her duel with Darth Vader. Uh, yeah, exactly. That, that's part of the journey, yeah. So, so the white lightsabers kind of kick her off on that route. And then, um, and then the, the, the duel with Vader later uh, really kind of... Vader's the Balrog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of the whole, the whole uh, um, you know, turning point for her, uh, for sure. Uh, Jedi Master Eeth Koth. Uh, we, we've known him ever since Attack of the Clones. Uh, I forget if he was in the Phantom Menace or not, uh, but he was, um, I believe, in the Clone Wars, in uh, here and there. Uh, I think he was featured in at least one story arc where he had to be rescued. But uh, pretty sure you kill him in Force Unleashed. Ethkoff. I, I can't. So. I, I recognize can't, the name Koth. I think he was. Uh, he was in a story arc with. Uh, with yes, he was in the story arc with Grievous in the Clone Wars, and uh, I believe uh, he, he there was like a whole section where he was kept captured, and he like uh, gave a message using his hands as to where Grievous was. It was I think it was in season one or two of of the Clone Wars. It was uh, it was a neat little kind of episode to see him because he didn't really get much screen time at all in in the in uh, the films. So Jedi Master Eeth Koss was uh, was hunted down by the Inquisitors and Vader, and uh, this is probably around the same time as the Ahsoka book takes place. Um, he at this time now has a young child and a wife, and um, against Vader's wishes, one of the Inquisitors pursues the wife who runs away with the child, and uh, this inqu- this particular Inquisitor, which is one of the two unnamed ones, uh, kills the wife. And takes the child uh, to Vader after uh, Vader uh, kills Eeth Koth, who bests him in battle. And uh, the the young child is given to some nurse droids on Coruscant to be dealt with. But this is a kind of a uh, a sensitive moment for Vader because he he definitely he gave a command and and the Inquisitor who's supposed to be loyal uh, did not follow that command. So he keeps that in mind. And then that same Inquisitor kind of falls in love slash has 
this relationship going on with the other inquisitor that doesn't have a name, which is the Twi'lek one. And an incident occurs on Coruscant, which saw Vader pursue them and eventually eliminate both of them on the planet. Um, but the, uh, the whole pursuit had actually attracted a lot of attention. And in the process, uh, a senator was killed, I believe, in, in the incident. And uh, Palpatine was quite angry about this whole ordeal that happened on, on uh, Imperial grounds. Um, being kind of like the Holy Land now, you know, this is Palpatine's place of, uh, of, of um, that's his city, you know, that's like where he's got the most leverage, most power in the, in the galaxy, uh, that he made the Inquisitors relocate off planet, and they started to build the fortress that we then see in Jedi Fallen Order, which is on the planet Nur, uh, in the same system as Mustafar, uh, just across, you can actually see Mustafar in the sky on Nur, and uh, it's the uh, water world across from from Mustafar. It was really cool having a water world like adjacent to a lava planet. So sick having Fortress Vader on the lava planet, and then the Inquisitorius on planet Nur, like across the way. I just thought it was like, one of the coolest things ever. It's a pretty neat combo. I know I really enjoyed exploring the underwater planet in uh, Jedi Fallen Order. That was a lot of fun. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, the second sister and the ninth sister are sent to hunt down a Jedi on Bracca. Uh, this Jedi is known, uh, to us and, uh, once to the Republic and the Jedi Order as Cal Kestis. The events of Jedi Fallen Order take place and both Inquisitors meet a faithful, uh, a fateful end. As we know, he kills the ninth sister and second sister later is killed by Vader when she actually is bested in battle by Cal Kestis, uh, and is killed for her failure, I guess. Uh, at the very end there, she also kind of has a bit of a turning moment, and you think that she's she might turn to the light side again, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, because uh, when you duel her, you're with her old master. Right. Yes, that's right. Yep. So, yeah, great game, by the way. And now that you finished playing it, how do you like it? I liked it quite a bit. It's, I'd say... Because I always like story-based games, especially RPGs. So of the new games that have come out, it's hands down my favorite. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I know I know you really appreciate the, the solo single-player story games. So, um, you know, a, a lot of people who haven't played the game, yeah, you should go and pick it up. I know it was on sale on May the 4th. I don't know if it's still on sale. But uh, it was down to like $12 or 20 bucks or something. It was pretty crazy. Oh, dang. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you this – this is me uh, – doing some uh sales pitch i guess <laughs> if, if you don't want to even pay for that and you're pretty quick at the game you could always just buy that the xbox game pass for a dollar you know what's coming to mind right now what's that merchandising yeah yeah exactly <laughs> this deal's getting worse all the time <laughs> oh man um yeah, so, uh, so yeah, Fallen Order takes place. We see two Inquisitors in that. Both of them die. Fifth brother and the third sister, Reva, now, as we know her, we know that she, they actually first introduced her as Reva, and now we know that she's actually the third sister. Uh, so both the third sister and the fifth brother, who is a constant character in season two of Star Wars Rebels, will be showing up in Obi-Wan Kenobi, 10 years after uh, the creation of the Inquisitorius and the Jedi Purge, uh, we know that Obi-Wan Kenobi takes place right smack dab in the middle of uh, episode three and four. 
So we're going to see appearances from a new, the new third sister, which we've never heard of or seen of before until now. We know the fifth brother is going to be in there. He's being played by Sun Sun Hang. He's he plays Han in uh, Fast and Furious, and uh, we also know that um, there was one other I mentioned. I think it was the fourth sister, the one that has that mystery death, and the one that the rebel spy later used her costume to infiltrate mm-hmm. Vader's castle. She's supposed to also make an appearance in Obi Wan Kenobi. And I would not be surprised if they threw in maybe one of the other ones, just uh, maybe hasn't shown up in the trailer yet. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if we saw a lot more of them. We also know the Grand Inquisitor will also be uh, prominently featured in Obi-Wan Kenobi. So it's worth mentioning that the events of that show take place in our chronological time here. Uh, We don't know the details of Obi-Wan Kenobi, but uh, the show premieres May 27th, is it? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Man, I feel like we should like we should be counting down the days or something like that. I feel like I should know this off by heart, but um, the, the the thing that confused me is it was on one day and then it got moved. But um, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I've kind of lost track. Twenty uh, seventh, yes, Friday, twenty seventh. Yeah, yeah. So we all know that all the hardcores out there are going to be sitting at Disney Plus Thursday night. 11.59 p.m. That's right. Just refreshing the page. That's wait right. for that play button. Refresh! 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 Come on! It's like Come trying, on! trying to buy Comic-Con tickets. Like just mashing yeah. that refresh button. Yeah. Get a VPN so you can change your time zone. Get a couple <laughs> hours early. <laughs> That's the spirit. <laughs> uh, so uh, later on, after the events of Obi-Wan Kenobi, we flash forward probably about four or five years. And rumors uh, have emerged of uh, a Jedi leading a rebel cell on the planet Lothal. Uh, This has reached the ears of the Empire, and Vader sends the Grand Inquisitor to take care of the problem. After several encounters, the Grand Inquisitor succeeds in capturing Kanan Jarrus, but was defeated uh, by Kanan in a lightsaber duel during the rescue staged by the rebels uh, and Kanan Jarrus' Padawan Ezra Bridger. Rather than face his master's punishment for his failure, the Grand Inquisitor kills himself. And in the aftermath, Seventh Sister becomes a vital commander among the ranks of the Inquisitorious. And that kicks us off into Season 2 of Star Wars Rebels. Sometime later on the planet Malachor, Eighth Brother and uh, Eighth Brother, sorry, has tracked Darth Maul to Malachor. After a confrontation with Kanan and Ezra, he sends a distress call I believe it was, and Seventh Sister and Fifth Brother arrive as reinforcements, and uh, they come to uh, to take on the Jedi. Ahsoka's also there. And a temporary alliance pits three Inquisitors against Ahsoka, Maul, and Kanan Jarrus. And in one swift, badass move, uh, Maul kills the Seventh Sister, and later in the fight assists uh, uh, with Ahsoka in killing the Fifth Brother, uh, she actually takes out his lightsaber and then Maul kills fifth brother. So that's the end of uh, Sun Hang. <laughs> uh, and then uh, eighth brother uh, is uh, incidentally uh, takes his own life when he tries to helicopter saber away and uh, it breaks mid flight and he plummets to his death. And that's because Canon Jarrus actually clipped his lightsaber hilt as well. 
So, and that is effectively the end of what we know of the Inquisitors. The only time chronologically later that any of them shows up is that rebel that uses the fourth sister's costume. But really, that's kind of the last one that dies, which is what we have do on the we, list. Do we know that he's dead? Because we know that Jedi can survive extremely fall, like falling really far, right? I don't think he was the most competent. Yeah. So some Jedi can, are, you know, pretty good about, for, you know, being able to break a fall with the force. But I, I think maybe he was taken off guard and, and I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Cause I, I think, I think it was the High Republic their, books, Padawans can do that. I think it was their way of just killing him off. And even if, even if he did survive the fall, that whole big machine goes off, which kind of desolates the planet. And the only reason why, um, well, actually, Vader, I, don't, I mean, Vader survives, right? We know Vader survived that. But the only reason why Ahsoka survives as well is because Ezra, Ezra eventually pulls her into that, uh, that portal thing. And um, that's, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the one that big, huge Sith kind of temple thing erupts. I would imagine that this guy was probably fried in the process along, you know, because that's what happened previously with all those ash statues of all those people that they're walking by on Malachor. Yeah, I remember. It's I'm trying to re- so, remember he, what it, that, that device did. It's I like think, a doesn't big, it kill all, all force users? It, it, it kills, it just turns people to ash, basically, I think, but it, it was a big yeah, planetary kind of weapon. Yeah, it was like a it was like a really ancient version of like the Death Star, basically, but yeah, it, it fried like tons and tons of people. So I assume that even if he did happen to survive that fall, We've never seen him show up since, and uh, and if that machine did go off in the way it did, it probably killed him anyways. So, um, right, not a good point. Yeah, Star Wars Rebels was also very conservative with the way that it portrayed the Jedi, whereas Clone Wars saw them, especially Anakin, would kill people all the time. Um, Rebels was a younger, it could have been younger audience. It was a younger audience, and, and other than to keep mine is it was bought by Disney. Yeah, for that show. That's right. Yeah, and so, you know, that being said, um, a lot of the Jedi, when they kill the Inquisitors, like, you, even Maul, when Maul actually kills the Inquisitors by the, the lightsaber, uh, you never see the lightsaber gash. You always see just the body fall, um, and, like, you don't see any blade cuts or anything. Same with the Stormtroopers, they hardly ever get shot, and when they are shot, they're shot in, like, the shoulder or whatever, and they hardly ever leave like yeah. yeah they hardly ever leave like a blaster bolt hole whereas in the clone wars they did that all the time in fact there was one clone trooper which had the most epic death of all it's commander thorn named after thor and he he has got that big turret gun which he refers to as his hammer and uh, he dies okay. by like eight blaster bolts to the chest or something it was insane um so Dang. yeah it was a big step down from clone wars and i feel like rebels could have benefited a lot if they just bumped up the age group uh, but that's why that's why those well, those inquisitors all kind of die in these weird um, kind of adjacent ways. Like, okay, Ahsoka kind of killed him, but Maul finished him off, and then Kanan kind of killed this one, but his lightsaber kind of did the rest or whatever. You know, it's always like stuff I like bet, that. I bet it's from the channel that went on. Because yeah, Disney, Clone Disney Wars XD. was on, yeah. on Teletoon, yeah. And, sorry, not Cartoon, Cartoon Network. Network wasn't yeah. It? Yeah, yeah, Cartoon Network. And then, like you said, Rebels was on Disney XD. So yeah, exactly. It was a big step down, I think, as far as you know the age that they were targeting. The Clone Wars was definitely made for teenagers, and Rebels was made for kids. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, that's the Inquisitorious. 
So I mean, uh, none of them seem all that competent. No, and and I, I don't think I think that I mean, like you said earlier, that's the idea, right? Like they're 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 not they were designed to the, be yeah, the, the villains of the these shabby, shabby Jedi that they could convince, yeah, to not even become Sith, just be bad. The simpletons, like the goth kids, the simpletons, yeah, and that that kind of like leads us to to really get peeved at that thing we brought up earlier about how they kill the grand inquisitor off right away because he's the only competent one and they kill him off in season one. Yeah. That was just such a bad mistake. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you could argue that if they didn't do that, maybe we wouldn't have got Thrawn back. So maybe it's better in the it, long run. Yeah. They kind of worked. Yeah, exactly. So, so season three or four, I think was it, they used Thrawn quite a bit as the villain, but it's true. I mean, you know, I I feel like I feel like if they reversed the order and he was the last one to go, it would have been a little better. But in some messed up way, it almost kind of adds a sense of realism where the Grand Inquisitor kind of guy falls, and then the whole organization, the the rest of the Inquisitors, kind of just just fall, drop like flies afterwards because there's no one to properly coordinate what they're doing. And that's how three right. of them ended up on the same planet and getting killed by the same experienced force users at once, right? Whereas I think the Grand Inquisitor would have probably taken a more strategic approach instead of just pitting them against like a previous almost Jedi Knight uh, against a Jedi, basically a Jedi Knight, but was a Jedi Padawan. And then the last one was um, a Sith, a previous Sith Lord, right? Like I feel like the yeah. Grand Inquisitor would have taken more deliberately to make sure that his three simpletons could have like all ganged up on one of those guys instead of facing off. Yeah. Until they, they separate. Right. Yeah. Cause it's just right there. And then that, that, that the last three just boom dead. Right. And then that's it. That's the inquisitors gone forever. So it's interesting, you know, and it makes me wonder what's, what's, what's Nur being used for? What's the fortress inquisitorious being used for? after the events of Star Wars Rebels, for, because that's a huge location that you visit in the, the end of, uh, yeah, in the end of uh, Fallen Order. And it was a pretty cool level in Fallen Order. I love that whole going to nerd. Yeah, it was pretty neat. You get to, like, blow up walls and stuff, and, like flood containers, and yeah, that's how you narrowly avoid Vader, for example. Well, that was really, really well done. That was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah it was uh, I like the, uh, and the idea that you, fl- like, from the exterior, it just looks like this tower, you go underwater and there's this huge facility, mm-hmm. right? So cool. Yeah. Um, and like very uh, splinter cell. If you ever played those games, it's kind of in that light, really. Like you have, you approach from underwater and have to like swim and break in. And speaking of which, I mean, we've seen Nur now in uh, the Kenobi trailers, in the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailers. It's shown up twice now in each each trailer. Uh, we've seen shots of the, uh, the one of the meeting rooms. And uh, out the window, you can see just water. And uh, we've seen an overhead shot of a, a shuttle or some kind of ship flying towards the landing platform near the top of the spire. And that's also the same fortress and Inquisitorius. So I feel like we're going to... Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to be such a cool show because we're not going to be spending all the time with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like It's going to also be jointly split with the villains that are hunting him down. And, and that to me is, is a very interesting story because, you know, it's not just a single sided thing. It now becomes this dual sided story where Anakin is also involved and 
he's leading the the inquisitors at their peak you know halfway through the between the trilogies and uh, when a lot of them are in fact still alive you know because this is before star wars rebels so uh, a lot of them are still kind of kicking and uh, we know that reva is we don't we've never seen her before and she doesn't show up in rebels and so we don't know if she lives through it or not right um I have a feeling that she was made to be killed in this show. That's Probably. just my that's just my feeling. <laughs> They're all made to be killed, Josh. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. what we learned. Yeah, I, I I have a feeling though that she's not going to be a character that they will later use in another story. I feel like if they if they did absolutely anything to bring her back to the franchise, they'll bring her back for motion capture and stick her in Jedi Fallen Order too, as as a new Inquisitor that you end up not killing but shows up anyways. Right. Um, I could see that happening, but no, I don't, I don't see her living through the end of, end of the show. No, I think she's there and she's in the trailers to look like this prominent villain. And I think that Obi-Wan's going to be forced to kill her and he's not, he's going to have not killed anyone with a lightsaber in a long time. I think that's going to be what that arc is for. Yeah. The, we know the Grand Inquisitor. I mean, I don't know what to expect with that that fourth Inquisitor. I don't think, you know, neither of us know much about her. But um, I know uh, we know the Grand Inquisitor will show up and be a prominent figure as well as the fifth brother. So across the galaxy, you know, he's got Inquisitors coming after him left, right, and center. We know that there's at least four that show up in the show, and three of them are kind of like onto his tail kind of thing. And um, spoilers... They obviously don't know where he is mm-hmm. because as we find out at the end of the, the Rebels show, the Inquisitors, they never got Obi-Wan on Tatooine. He's still there. Right. Yeah. So they must have only found out about him when he left planet and then whatever happens, happens, and he gets back to Tatooine and they don't find him again. I'm going to speculate that they go to Tatooine. He senses that they're kind of onto him because he does something early on in the show to grab their attention. And he feels that protecting Luke in the best way possible is for him to leave planet and cause mm, trouble them elsewhere away. and lead them astray. And that kicks off the show's events, which kind of lead him to be uh, basically in, in, in kind of a Mandalorian sense on the run from other bounty hunters with the child. He's going to be running away from the Sith to protect the child. Um, Makes sense. So, yeah, I feel like it's a similar vibe of a story there, and it could very very well be, like, the feasible plot. Um, but, yeah, it'll be really cool to see all these Inquisitors show up. And, you know, sp- uh, again, like, now that we've run through it, we do know that the Fifth Brother will make it through this. We know that uh, the Grand Inquisitor will also make it through it. Uh, we don't know the fate of the Fourth Sister or uh, the Third Sister, which is Reva. So uh, there's two two Inquisitors right there that Obi-Wan Kenobi could, in fact, kill at some point in the show and uh, and uh, see a lot of cool lightsaber action, of course, because we know that uh, there's this inevitable fight between him and Vader that we're being teased about all the time these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll notice that on the, the, the new poster now, Vader's got the high ground. No. <laughs> oh. That's pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. He's, he's, so in in the shadow of Obi Wan Kenobi, you see this cliff, and he's on the top of the cliff. Uh, I just yeah. thought that was a funny little, you know, because technically he he does have the high and ground. And a note. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all we got for today. Unless there's any last minute things you want to bring up. Well, uh, I thought it was worth chatting about. It was really strange that the Inquisitors never tried to recruit past 
number 13 or whatever it is. Because I feel like, if I'm not mistaken, the Grand Inquisitor kind of tries to recruit Ezra. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, obviously it doesn't pan out. But why do they never recruit anyone else? So they, they get killed off. Why do they not try to fill their ranks? I think it's, um, I think it's just a matter of finding... So the Jedi that resist them, you know, it's, it's either someone ends up dead or, uh, or they're, they're yeah, it, it's either, it's basically come down to someone ends up dead. That, that, that's essentially kind of the, the, uh, the situation because, you know, to get more to fill their ranks, they need to find someone who's willing to join. And if they can, if they can apprehend somebody, then that person has, has to be tortured into submission. So, yeah. You know, like like uh, Trilla, right? Like the uh, second sister. So, you know, there's there's definitely like a challenge to filling the ranks, and I'm honestly quite surprised that there are as many as there are by the time of the purge, because you would think that more Jedi get captured afterwards, and then a couple of years go by after some some mind control business going on, and then you have more Inquisitors running around up there hunting other Jedi, but. In fact, when the purge happens, almost right out of the gate, like weeks later, the Grand Inquisitor is already running a show with yeah, you know, six or seven fast. people already aboard. It's like it's crazy, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, Very it's kind of strange. Weak-minded fools. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we know for sure that there's twelve. Uh, the thirteenth one is is the one that the RPG game kind of manufactured. So uh, I don't really know if that's canon, but we know that there's at least 12. And going forward, um, it's possible they could introduce us to more. Um, I know when Star Wars Rebels came out, it was a bit odd. 45th that, sister. Yeah, yeah 45th sister. It, it was always a bit odd that Star Wars Rebels came out. and was like, who's the seventh sister? Like, who's the fifth brother? And like... This is Sister 117. Is yeah, anybody yeah. reading me? Yeah, it was kind of like these weird naming conventions. But now we've basically got the full list. Um, yeah. and, and it's aside from number one, which I assume it's been scrapped in favor of the grand inquisitor instead, but, um, we have two through 12 and, uh, the last two with no names or numbers, but we assume that because they are inquisitors, like we assume that they're probably 11 and 12 naturally with, you know, going with the pattern of the, the previous 10. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it, it's a, it's a, I think it's a complete list. And if we ever do get more than what we've been shown already with Kenobi, and if, if any new ones pop up in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, uh, they'll likely have a name of the 13th whatever or the 14th whatever. Yeah, I mean, th there's nothing barring them at this point, I don't believe, just adding more later if they need them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, they're basically villains. It just see... gets clunky after a while. Yeah, it does kind of clunky after a while. And, you know, what's the next number? Yeah, my favorite Inquisitor so far, believe it or not, is actually not the Grand Inquisitor, even though he's kind of the leader and the main guy. Uh, you do playing Jedi Fallen Order get to relate and and at least kind of get in the head a little bit more as to Trilla and there's a bit of compassion there yeah. because she was forced into submission because she was tortured right um, and because she felt betrayed by her master in a little way so she is I think my favorite Inquisitor as far as the story goes. Uh, but, Fair enough. Uh, is that yours? Is that your favorite story? no my favorite is probably seventh sister because she's voiced by the woman who does buffy the vampire slayer oh yeah 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 sarah, right. sarah mike michelle geller right that's freddie prince jr's wife who plays canon that's Jones. right which is yeah. probably how she got the gig yeah he plays canon 
<laughs> That's right. Yeah. Speaking of which, because she, you know, similar to a Bo-Katan situation, I would love to see her show up in costume. If we ever get a cameo of her in, in Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'll be very happy. Uh, that'll That'd be, be a, cool. That'll be a cool little thing. Cool little gig. So, yeah. I think that, a lot of fans appreciate that. If they just, if they kept the casting like that, kind of like the original voice actress. Oh, that'd be neat. oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's kind it of. should be lots of buffy crossover artwork yeah. <laughs> uh what do we got coming up on the uh on the roster here uh, i know i know this week at some point we're doing deleted scenes for the sequels and uh, following that we'll have deleted scenes for the anthology films which is rogue one solo uh and we'll try and see what we can grab for mando and book of boba and clone wars whatever else you know comes up uh, I know there's a few canceled or a, a few uh, deleted scenes from some Clone Wars arcs, which are kind of worth talking about. Um, then we have our celebration. No, before you go. So anyone attending Star Wars celebration is uh, most definitely going to want to check that out. Uh, I know you and I, Blake have been to celebration 2017. We've got a lot of few tips to throw out there and uh, we'll, we'll give you guys the, uh, the, the, the roster and uh, let you know, how you can tune in to Celebration at home for all the uh, these the panels that are going to be streaming to us schmucks that can't make it out there. So do uh, we have do we have one more show before Celebration hits? We've got those. Uh, we got the two deleted scenes ones, and then we've got the yeah. uh, the no before you go. So yeah. we got like two or three okay. shows. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see what okay, we can so get. So for to. the for the no before you go, I think we should both come up with a list of, of tips and then we'll write them off back and forth. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. We'll uh we'll most certainly Number three, do that. bring tuna sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's actually a good tip, actually. Yeah, bring some snacks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Food's expensive once you're in the security door. Yeah, it most definitely is. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a useful one. Uh alrighty. Well we'll uh that being said, we'll catch you in the next one. Keep flying. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning into the show. Share the show with your friends. Give us that great five-star rating. Leave a review if you can. And we're looking forward to having you back, tuning into Star Wars Escape Pod. May the Force be with you. Mm-hmm.